you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Indians, Guardians, Cleveland baseball team fans, however you identify. Welcome to Lockdown Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Indians Prospect slash Baseball Spider, formerly of Scout, formerly of many of things now, all of Locked On. We have a decent amount of things to talk about. Another bullpen implosion, common theme for this month. You know, the bullpen carried the tribe for so long, and now it is just, it's not, it's doing the opposite. It's been, and that's kind of the problem. It is interesting when you look at something like, Brian Shaw, who I have much maligned on this podcast, let's be honest. He has not been below replacement level, but at the same time, you're not surprised when he implodes because all the data there shows that he was incredibly lucky. You know, he had an unsustainably high strand rate. He had, uh, you know, his walk rate is unbelievably high, something that uh, is going to lead to issues. And, I mean, it stayed that way. He's been lucky this year and it caught up to him in this one uh another fantastic start by Quantrell completely ruined uh he has now thrown uh three straight games where he's given up one run three straight games and that's and it's against a tough part of the schedule too Oakland Tampa St. Louis uh before that three to Kansas City and three to Houston you have to go back to Detroit on June 30th for his last so-so outing what a run by him uh, he's not missing a ton of bats necessarily. He One of the big things is he just doesn't hurt himself. He limits the walks. Uh, if we go over to Quantrell's page, his 2021 baseball savant, hard hit and average exit velocity are just starting to get into the red as is barrel. So guys are not picking up his pitch as well, uh, and they are not hitting it hard. That's the thing. You look at the data here showing that he is not getting hit hard. And that the low barrel means they're not making easy contact. His walk is also in kind of that light red. And his chase is almost, it's just shy of the light red. So when you're looking at all of that, he is making guys swing out of the zone. While it's not leading to a ton of strikeouts, he's still being successful. His only dark, well it's not even dark red, but his only higher thing is his fastball velocity, which is uh, 72nd percentile. A lot of other things aren't particularly great uh his spin numbers aren't fantastic but he's just being effective so far so i i think i mean at this point in time based on what he has done don't you pencil him in as part of this rotation for this year and next uh you know i don't know if we put it in ink yet but i think it's definitely in pencil with the easy three of plesak bieber and savali as long as everyone's healthy i think you know who your four starters are at least it's shaping up to look that way with any luck, you know, Tristan McKenzie pitches well and he uh, locks into that fifth spot or they trade for someone or someone steps up. It's We'll have to see. But it's just, I mean, health has been the issue. And we've talked about that so many times in this show. Uh, if they had had their rotation all year, I know everyone deals with injuries, but if the Indians had had that rotation all year, I, I think we could still be talking about them in the wild card hunt. Unfortunately, they haven't, and that's why this is kind of a lost season. Continuing on, so that inning, the sixth inning here, where everything went awry, wasn't it in the sixth? 
I'm uh, seventh. So the seventh inning, it goes double fly out, single home run, which is exactly, again, what we talked about with the idea of the high strand rate. He's putting guys on base a lot of times with the walks, no walks today, if you're looking for a positive. But he put on two base runners and then gave up the home run. He's been incredibly home run prone as well. We talked about that. Uh, I just don't trust Shaw. He's been a replacement level guy. He has a 0.0 war for a reason. And that's after a fantastic start at the beginning of the year. For the first month, he was one of the best relievers in baseball. But it's all kind of creeped back. And they, you know, it's his second, his last two outings, he's pick up, picked up the loss. That's two in a row. Uh, he's just not being effective, but he's Tito's favorite toy, so he's going to keep going back to him. Uh, for the Indians in this one, you know, offensively, not their strongest game. Bradley Zimmer with a pair of hits, the only player of multi hits in this one. Cesar Hernandez and Jose Ramirez also reach base twice. Uh, Bobby Bradley, two more strikeouts. He is the amount of games he has with multiple strikeouts. Uh, I'll talk about Bradley a little bit more in the second part of the show as well as some of the, the things uh, I think they need to do. But he's hitting 201. He's going to fall below the Mendoza line very soon. Uh, Harold Ramirez in 0 for 4. His numbers are slipping. Uh, you know, it was fun to ride the, the hot bat. Roberto Perez batting 149, a 6-12 OPS. It's like no matter how good the defense is, uh, it's killing him right now that there's just all of these gaps in the offense. Uh, like I said, you had Cesar, Jose, and Bradley Zimmer each reach base twice. Quantrell was Sterling, so you give him one of your stars in this one. Phil Maton, want to talk about control issues. I mean, he walked in a run. Not that really ended up making a big difference, but one inning, they get a run because he walks three batters. Uh, and then eventually Whitgren has to come in and, and take care of it for him. Uh, Sandlin, I don't know if I'm necessarily going to give him a player of the game. In this case, Jose Ramirez gets one of the three stars with his 21st home run of the year, team leading. Also had a walk in this one. And then when you're just looking at it all, I think I, I would go Zimmer over Sandlin. Now Zimmer's a player who... You know, I got to dig into his numbers. He's playing better in July, though. I mean, we all kind of left him for dead, and he's definitely picked it up a little bit here. So, and I'm continuing to play pretty well. I mean, it's, it's a hard loss. Uh, Quantrell pitched so well. You go into the seventh inning with the lead. You think, hey, we've got this elite bullpen, or we've had this elite bullpen. Seven, eight, nine is going to be easy. And no, this... The, I think if anything has been so frustrating with this team, it's just been the bullpen implosion because they have the game. They have these games put away. Uh, the bullpen is supposed to be the strength of the team, and for most part this year it has been the strength of the team, but not over the last few weeks. And it's just it feels like if I were to go through all the games, it's like almost every single loss has been a blown save. If you go back to that Houston series, we talked about it. I mean, they lost all of those games late except for the uh, Mejia start. They lost three out of 40 Houston, and two of those three were winnable. Here's another winnable loss. You go back to that Rays series. Uh, they had multiple games they should have won. The bullpen is its a liability. Uh, there's no other way around it. It has become a full-on liability. 
it might be time to you know try some players in a relief role see if uh if maybe henches can excel in that i still think that's his best role going forward uh i think it could be a ideal role for tristan mckenzie i know they're not going to give up on him as a starter yet but i think they need to do something and they need to would you be surprised to find out that like Blake Parker makes more than Brian Shaw this year because of the uh, incentive laid in contract they had to give him to accept uh, you know, time going to the minors. They've got these guys there, these kind of washed up vets, and they're just they're not worth it. It's time. This is not a team that's going to the playoffs. What it is is a team that has roughly half the season left and has a perfect opportunity to finally evaluate some of this young talent they've been stockpiling. We've talked about the roster crunch. Go ahead. You know, there's the first time in this episode where we've talked about that roster crunch so much. It's time to help deal with that crunch by figuring out who's worth it and who isn't. So they they need to just start cutting bait with some of these vets, uh, especially the ones who are here on one-year deals, and start seeing what the young kids can do. So one of our fantastic sponsors is Spotify Green Room. And boy, did you miss a green room last week. Uh, we had uh, the Matt Thinker, who provides information, was in there, Mike, and we had another Mike, and I won't go too much beyond that, but to say this Mike used to work for the Indians, and we got some intel. Uh, it was quite a story. Was, we were in there for a few hours just listening as this person told us you know, some time spent with the Indians in the 90s. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We had some people popping in. I am on there most Saturday nights. I'll post it up on the uh, Twitter if you want to come in, talk all things Indians, or sometimes you never know. Like I said, this gentleman hopped in. It was a great chat. Uh, I've said I've talked about like Japanese baseball on there. I've talked about uh, the Indians lineup. I've done a whole mock draft. It's so many different things. Check out Locker Room. It's a lot of fun. I'm sorry, it's now Green Room. i got to watch myself. The Green Room app brought to you by Spotify. And now they have the chat function working on the Android, so that's even better. So check out Green Room with me this Saturday evening. Okay, and there's the okay. So let's talk about Bobby Bradley. Uh, I was kind of digging into this because, you know, he, he came up a house of fire, and it's like, what has occurred? Well, one, he can't hit on the road. Uh, that's just, he is, when he is away from Cleveland, it falls apart for him this year. And then just the pronounced change uh, from when he first came up to teams have adapted. You know, they get the tape, they get more, and he has adapted too, but in the worst possible way. So when he came up, he had a 9% walk rate and a 27% strikeout rate. That was great. That's like where he needs to be. Unfortunately, in the month of July, he's up to 42%. His walk rate is up to 14%. Uh, he's maybe being too patient and it's having a negative effect. On top of it, you want to get down here to some of the like deep dive data to see like what has changed for him. Well, one of the biggest things is his pull percentage went from 38% of the time to 51% of the time. His hitting to the opposite field is down 10%. His hitting to the central is down 5%. So it well, that's not true. Down what, like uh, four, a little less than than five percent. But he's essentially he's going the opposite way less, significantly less, and he's pulling significantly more. Uh, and because he's doing this, his line drive percentage, which was fourteen percent when he was playing well, is up to thirty one percent. And his fly ball percentage, where you can hit the ball in the air, uh, for a player like him, that's 
what you need him to do because the power ability and potential his uh with the jump in the line drive percentage his fly ball percentage is down nearly 16 percent uh from 36 to 20.7 so it's right there you can look at the data he is he's pressing he's gotten pull happy which is leading to he's not making good contact and it's leading to more strikeouts and it's leading to more line drives unless getting on base and that's the right there is what's happened do you set him down i you know i'm still not sure that long term he's going to be an everyday first baseman I, that's just the truth of the matter i don't know if he's going to make enough contact for that to occur what i do know is you have to let him go and see if he can be you just gotta leave him at first which leads to my bigger point this team needs to leave daniel johnson in the outfield they need to see what they have Nolan Jones needs to get called up at some point. He has played so well uh, once he settled in AAA. You need to see what you got there. Uh, trade Cesar. Get a lotto ticket. You know, I talked about Austin Shenton on the show, but even if you can't get someone of that, get a lotto ticket in high A. You know, get someone who doesn't have to be rostered and bring Jimenez back up. Let's see if Rosario can play second and if you can get Jimenez uh, back at short. Uh, where you could in, overall be a defensive upgrade. I'm not opposed to moving Rosario either. Yeah, it's uh, Matt Bretz, who we had on almost a year ago. Uh, he's been a writer all over the place as well. You know, he's been very much a trade Rosario person, and I was like, no, this guy could be uh, a cornerstone for the team, but I think at this point in time, you at least consider it. He has not gotten back to what he was in 2019. He's kind of been in, in between what he did in 2019 and what he did in 2020. He's about a league average player with good athleticism and the ability to play up the middle. With only three years of control left, I think counting this year, so two years left. Yeah, I mean, at least I think you consider uh, if he can bring in a nice return. Yeah, you'd consider it. But... You need these guys to play. We need to see what they have. We, Bobby Bradley, over the course of the year, does he rebound or does he you know, continue to press and struggle and teams get a book and it, it doesn't work out? You know, Harold Ramirez was a revelation when he first came up. Uh, he's been another guy who has cooled. You know, is he a definitive part of this Indians team going forward? I I don't know. Like, his runs created plus. You go back to even two weeks ago, it was like 110, 116. It's now down to 97. He's now down to being a below-league average bat. And that's kind of the problem with Harold Ramirez in general is he's got the exit velocity numbers, and he's got the good athleticism, but he doesn't he doesn't walk ever. He doesn't strike out. He doesn't really have extra base hits. He doesn't steal bases. Defensively, he's never graded positive. So it all comes together to, to be a profile where he has to excel to be effective, and he's just not. And you know, it, it, it's very rarely, you know, Giovanni Urshela is the case of it, uh, where a guy is on his third team and breaks out. And it could just be more the case of, like, this is what Harold Ramirez is. He's, he's roughly league average, maybe a little below, and incredibly streaky, but... Right now, uh, for the Cleveland Indians, he's just not getting the job done. And I am more than willing to just let him play out the year. Same with Bobby Bradley. 
Not sure either of those players are the option, but exactly because of that, I do not know, is why we need to give them that chance and see. I mean, Harold Ramirez is still elite jump, elite run, hard hit, exit. He still hits the ball incredibly hard. He just has no loft to it. He chases a lot of bad pitches. And even though he gets a good jump, he just, I don't, it's the weirdest, he has the weirdest defensive grading I've ever seen. He's fast. He gets a good jump on the ball, but he is a terrible defender. And I don't know how that happens. Like, typically, it's, <coughs> excuse me, it's either you get a bad jump or you're just not very quick. Somehow he just, he gets a good jump. He just must run the most inefficient routes possible. Uh, his launch angle right now, by the way, uh, 5.2. That's that's why he's got, even with those high exit velocities, I mean, that was the issue with someone like Yandy Diaz. It was always the low launch angle, and, and you need to, you know, the launch angle revolution was a few years ago. By now, launch angle is just something they work with players on. I don't know if the Indians are working with Harold Ramirez to try to improve it, but he, he's got he's to gotta adapt because with his exit velocities, he could be a double-digit home run guy. Like, you don't see max and average exit velocities like he has on a lot of guys below 20 home runs. Like, he should be able to get there, but he needs to work on launch angle. And if he stays with the Indians, you know, through the offseason, that's got to be, like, the number one thing to work with Harold Ramirez is changing the launch angle of his swing. Because if he could change that, if he could just get a little loft in there, get that angle up from the point where it is, which is very low, it could completely change his game and it could completely change his life because it's going to massively increase his career in earnings. He should be numero uno for wanting to uh, adapt and try something different. The, the outlying data is so positive that you hope that, like I said, that's my hope for him. And I, But my biggest hope is that we just let him play we let Bobby Bradley play we let Nolan Jones play I don't know if we have a place for Owen Miller in this current setup but you let him play as well uh Jimenez you have to go out there and let these guys play because right now we still don't know what we have do you even feel comfortable saying like I know what Yu Chen Chang is he's really never had that extended look I mean he was a highly valued prospect by multiple organizations uh, for his defensive ability up the middle and his power, and he hasn't had that chance in the majors. And I, I guarantee you, for instance, if the Indians designated him for assignment, he would be claimed. He wouldn't pass through waivers. He would get claimed very quickly. So just some things to consider. It, it's definitely a situation right now where this team is not going to the playoffs. I, I don't think anyone really feels like, with all these injuries, that this is a team that's destined for the postseason. So instead, it is time to see what these young players can do. And you know what? If Bob, Bobby Bradley rebounds, great. You found your first baseman. If uh, Harold Ramirez just plunges and falls completely apart, well, at least you know, and you can use that roster spot on a prospect. We're sitting here with, what, the trade deadline. I'm recording this on Wednesday when you are listening. Three days away, I, I want them to consolidate. I, they need to consolidate. I don't know if they're going to consolidate. It just, there doesn't seem to be anything about that. Uh, there was the oddity of Tyler Freeman leaving the game early today and people freaking out. Nothing came of it. He's also been dealing with an injury. Uh, I don't think 
they're going to trade him. Yeah, just they rarely trade kind of their high-end prospects. Clint Frazier was about the only guy I can think of in recent memory. But it's more those second-tier guys that I would love to see them consolidate and go out and get a deal before the trade deadline. We're going to take a break, and then we'll come back. And uh, Cody Morris had another start today, and I want to talk about that one. One of our fantastic sponsors today is a personal favorite of mine. You know what that means. It means Bilt Bar. Uh, I love Bilt Bar. I am a repeat customer. I go and buy uh, every few months a few sets of boxes. Right now I've got the uh, Grasshopper Fudge upstairs. That is the uh, when they had that deal. I went out and got Toffee Almond is currently the one to go check out. When they made their original bars, Toffee Almond was my favorite. Um, if I hadn't just bought a bunch, I would definitely be buying some more. I mentioned they brought back lemon almond cheesecake and it lasted like six hours before it sold out. You got to be fast. You want to subscribe to that mailing list if you want to try some of those special ones because they come and they go. They are all fantastic, though. You can't go wrong. Official uh, sponsor of U.S. track and field at the Olympics, BuiltBar.com. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15. I kept trying to use LOCKEDON15 when I did my order. And I'm like, why won't this work? It's LOCKED15. Locked 15 is how you will get 15% off your order. It was just honestly a fantastic product. The best tasting bar I've ever tried and one that is an A-rated by my little health food calorie app. So Cody Morris uh, has been utterly dominant in AA. He is not Shane Bieber. I don't want to say he's Shane Bieber, but I have not been checking box scores like this since Shane Bieber was down there. Now this was his weakest performance so far in double a he goes three and two-thirds innings it took him 72 pitches he had a wild pitch three hits one run three walks six strikeouts uh he's got like a i don't know if it's a slurve but he's he's showing some stuff down there that's making him incredibly hard to hit uh the one earned run in three and two-thirds did bring his era up to 0.54 that's that's fifth start for him he's been incredible so far and he missed a good chunk of the year due to injury so it's amazing. Uh, he is a hundred percent getting added to the forty man. It would be uh, if he wasn't uh, someone would select him with everything he has shown. Speaking of guys that need to be added to the forty man, uh, we've talked about Richie Palacios many times. He went yard tonight in this one fifth home run of the year. And then, I mean, at this point in time, I left Will Benson for dead. If you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm just admitting the truth. But tenth home run and a stolen base tonight. He's cooled down a little bit, but still a hit and a walk, one strikeout. He's hitting leadoff. Now he's got a 233 average, 875 OPS. Uh, Richie Palacios on the other side of things, 300 average, 878 OPS. Uh, Palacios is clearly the better prospect. Honestly, Richie Palacios will be in my top 15 Indians prospects. What he is doing with the time he has missed is utterly incredible and is the story of the year, in my opinion, in the Cleveland Indians minor leagues. You know, Ty Freeman uh, had the. He didn't start in the game. He pinch hit uh, late, struck out. I'm sorry, that's Ike Freeman, not Tyler Freeman, who did that. I looked at the wrong numbers. Uh, Ty Freeman didn't play in this one. Yeah, he just hasn't been as healthy of late. Richie Palacios is what he has done in his level of production for a guy who hadn't played in two years, who'd barely played in the minors, who jumped all the way up to double A. It's unheard of. Uh, he might be in my top 10 Indians prospects. Good bloodlines, good athleticism. Every report is just glowing. He is an emerging player. Owe it to yourself. Check out Richie Palacios. I, I cannot say enough good things about him. 
let's talk a little more draft. So the Indians, we now have more information because uh, the Franco Allman signing was finally released, and he was over slot in the 10th round. Now that's interesting because uh, traditionally they kind of go in the 10th either under or they go right at slot, but he cost 175. Uh, he cost more than Jack Leftwich, which is kind of crazy because Leftwich was a potential first-rounder out of high school, goes to Florida, is going to be you know one of the next great pitchers, but just like Tommy Mace there, didn't live up to things. Now, Mace did get over slot. He got 1.1 when his slot was 9. But when Tommy Mace went to school, the thought was he was going to be a top-five pick when he came out. You know, The thought was he'd get 4 to $5 million when he left Florida and Leftwich would get at least 2. And said Leftwich got 167000 Mace got 1.1, and Franco Allman, who, uh, you know, he, he got 175. They also went over slot for one more player, uh, Davis Sharp, who, if you followed my podcasting of the draft and talking about it, I said, you know, he's a two way guy who pitched while at Clemson. I thought he would get over slot. Uh, they were apparently only really, you know, Davis Sharp, Trent Denholm. Uh, from UC Irvine, who I've been saying was an Indians target for like two straight years. And then Tommy Ventimiglia, the uh, the high school kid they took, all got 25000 over slot. So that's 75000 that counts against the pool. You add it all up. For an Indians team that traditionally, up until 2019, would go as far as they could without losing a draft pick over slot, they're currently under slot again. Uh, they have not signed Jake Miller from University of San Diego. The hot rumor has been that he would take over $300,000 to sign. Uh, remember, you can give a player 125000 and that won't count against your slot. Anything above that counts against slot. I have the Indians, the exact number right now, at $180,400 away from slot. So they could offer him 305000 $400 and not pay any additional because if you go between zero to five percent you have to I think you pay 50 percent on the dollar so every dollar you spend you pay the league 50 cents uh, even in the draft it's sad to say the Indians are penny pinching last year they were under slot and I was thinking maybe it's just because it's a weird draft there's only six picks but I you know for a team that has always gone over slot since the slotting system came in who the last two to three years before the slotting system were spending as much as any other team in the draft, were really putting their money into the draft to invest, were spending with the big boys in the draft. Uh, this is an abrupt and kind of unfortunate change where now they're slot. You know, that even in this part of the draft, even in this part of uh, team building, they're, they're cutting back a little. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with Miller. He's, he's the one to watch. University of San Diego... Uh, I'm trying to think if he was he was not ranked by uh, MLB. I was just looking at the little thing here. But a lot of people really liked Jake Miller. Uh, he performed very well out there. He just turned 21 a few days ago. We'll see if he gets signed. Uh, they announced everyone else. The only other things of kind of interesting note were, you know, Zach Petaway, Tyler Thornton, and Reed Johnson all did not all got under 100000 Now, Zach, uh, Tyler Thornton of Arizona State got the smallest bonus at fifty k. They didn't go super cheap on anyone, but, yeah, there were some smaller ones. And they did announce, when they announced that they had signed 20 picks, they also announced Caulfield, the catcher, but not the uh, uh, Zach P., the catcher from Iowa, Purdue, Purdue. So we'll see if they have any more uh, 
things to announce at some point in time if they get anything done. We're getting closer and closer. It, you know, it could be worse. The Mets are sitting there, and they went massive, massive overslot with multiple picks. And, I mean, this is where it kind of stinks. It's only 20 rounds because it's the same issue I see with, like, the Milwaukee Brewers who in the 11th or 12th round, I can't remember which one, drafted Rocco Ruggio to go and kind of make an attempt to sign him, uh, a guy who could have been a higher pick, who had a big money request from Florida, and he decided to go back to school. And unlike years past, it's not like you could pivot and go somewhere else. You know, like when the Indians were deciding between uh, Luke Wakamatsu and Nick Madrigal, and they decided to go with uh, Wakamatsu, uh, if he had decided to go to school, they could have always pivoted to Madrigal. There were always those opportunities, those chances to do things like that. And there's just not with 20 rounds. So if something goes wrong with the Mets, if Kumar Rocker's elbow is so bad it scares them off, uh, they're going to have saved all that pool money taking lesser prospects. And then if they don't make like a legitimate offer, they won't even get a comp pick. So they'll have to do like the bare minimum offer to ensure that comp pick. But it's I, that's just such a kick in the pants for that organization. It has been a rough year for them with health. Uh, so, yeah, as like I said, the, the Indians spending full slot is not the worst thing. Uh, you could be many of those other teams uh, who, and again, you know, maybe the Indians liked all of these players, everything lined up well, and it's a situation where if there were more rounds, maybe they would go over slot for a few other players. But I feel like max we're ever going to get back to is 30. And then the other interesting thing is, I mean, the Indians dropped 21 players. That means they're going to have to cut 21 minor leaguers. Now, Austin Wade was one, so it means they need to cut 20. Well, I'm sorry, if they don't sign Jake Miller, 19 more players. So just kind of pay attention, be aware. Specifically, there's a lot of pitchers in this organization that uh, won't be here uh, that far down the road because now there's a max. You can only have 180 guys. I want to thank everyone for listening. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It really helps our show grow. Uh, We had one of our strongest months ever in June. Let's keep it going into July. I want to thank everyone for listening. And again, just download daily. It's a small thing. It really helps out the show. Uh, Leave a review. That really helps out the show. Get a friend to listen who you think might uh, keep up with it. (laughs) That would really help the show as well. Uh, I have been Jeff Ellis. Tomorrow I'm talking with Pat, if you've missed hearing from him. Uh, And for the next year, I think, go Tribe, and after that, go Guardian.